0: listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today.
1: Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today, the Thursday edition. One of the game days of the week. Happy to be yeah. here. Excited to talk. I mean, you know, it's October, so we got a bunch of stuff Lots to talk about. <laughs> uh, Dane, Dane and I are Yankees fans, so we are breathing a sigh of relief to some extent that they are on to the divisional series against the Red Sox. Um, and we, speaking of the Red Sox, we got a game in New England tonight, and that is the Indianapolis Colts at the Pats. We'll get into this game in depth a little bit later, but Dane, as you just mentioned to me, it's a big spread. could be a very popular survivor pick for a lot of people this week, which isn't Always typical for the Thursday yep. night game.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, listen, if you're, you know, if you're thinking about the Pats, I think this is a great week. You know, take take the teams out of it, okay? I love the home team on Thursday night. And when the road team that's coming in is going to be without, like, three or four of their offensive starters, I think it's a great opportunity. I've seen this at 10, Mike. I've also seen
1: this at 10 and a half. Um
2: Ten and a half would scare me. I would stay away from ten and a half.
1: Yeah, because you get the backdoor cover on something yep. like that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's something to consider. I, I may make this our survivor pick for this week. Obviously, for those of you listening, we haven't exactly been great on survivor picks. So, speeds take is, our three, and with speeds a is three and one. Choices with a great Speeds is three
2: and one. I only be
1: out of every survivor pool. It's I would true. also be out because I'm two
2: and two. It's true. I mean my one loss was the Vikings when they, you know, obviously when Buffalo came in there and handled them. But in our best bets, I'll call them. How about that, Mike? Let's call them our best yeah. bets. Our best money no, line well, plays. Best, the thing finish. that
1: worries me the thing that worries me about the best bets is it implies that I would tell people to bet that with the spread or whatever. No, best money we, it, line. It is bets. A That's money what I saying. Line. Okay. All right. All right, I'll, I'll concede, I'll concede. And this way that. we can say like,
2: ah, uh, oh, later on in the season we'll be able to say, "Oh, we're 5 and 2 in our best bets on the money line this week," <laughs> you yeah, know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thanks for joining us this morning, uh, listening on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app on TuneIn Radio on iHeartRadio and any terrestrial radio stations across the country. Thanks. We appreciate it. So, um you can hit us up on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. I'm at Mike Blewett. Dane is at Spittin' Speeds. So uh, we'll we're gonna get through. Uh, everything that we need to get through today and talk about the Pats and Colts a little bit later. But, Dane, obviously a lot of waiver wire runs have happened. You're talking yeah. about injury updates. First of all, why don't you give the injury updates for tonight's game? You mentioned the three or four starters. Yeah, tonight's
2: out. game, I think, is a mash unit on, on definitely on the Indianapolis side. You know, Jack Doyle is going to miss again, we know. Marlon Mack yeah. is going to miss. Remember, we've been talking about the potential of Robert Turbin coming off suspension, further cloudying that running back committee in Indianapolis. So, Mack is out. Jack Doyle is out. T.Y. Hilton is out. And I think that's the big one, uh, Mike, you know. So with yeah. with uh, Doyle out as well, we're talking, in essence, we're talking Ebron, we're talking Chester Rogers, and we're talking Ryan Grant as kind of any kind of weapons for Andrew Luck down the field. What I would say is in PPR formats, I would start Naheem Hines this week. They're going to be down in this Uh, game. There's not many options. The game flow will be his friend. And Hines has carved out a role, in my opinion, as the PPR kind of back. With Robert Turbin returning, you now have Turbin and uh, Wilkins there on early down kind of work. So that is muddled. But I think uh, Hines has a clear role now in this offense and without other pass catchers. And what I expect the game script to be in this one, I think Hines is a decent play.
1: And there's no doubt we, we talked about it on Tuesday. Exactly what um, you'd be looking at here. And I can tell you in one league I'm looking at as I'm looking through my leagues, Naeem Hines is still available. So hmm. uh, that is something to consider. Uh, who would you cut? Would you cut anybody for Naeem Hines here, uh, Dane? Jordan Howard is on a bye. Alex Collins, Derek Henry, hmm. Carson Wentz, Isaiah Crowell, J- uh, Buck Allen, or Kiki Coutte.
2: Uh, It's tough, right? It is tough. I it's mean, tough because it really you don't want to do on it this. for
1: a guy whose value is bumped for this one week. I think we've seen exactly. good value out of Hines here in the past couple. I think right. he is addable right. in certain leagues, but in a league I just gave him. By the way, this is my worst team thus far, record wise, right. we're one and three. And even still, uh, I don't think I could add him over some of the other guys there. We're, I, I, you know, I own both Ravens running backs, which is that's what great, I was going to mention. But You know, this idea of Alex Collins,
2: they are losing faith in Alex Collins big time. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, Bavona cut it up as a commercial on this network for us. Like, the Ravens are sort of evolving to be more on the arm of Joe Flacco, and that's because they don't trust Alex Collins. I mean, his fumbles, you hear Harbaugh saying you can't have it, you know. So, And the other thing for me, the Kiki QT, I I, I like, but I don't know how much of his value is tied to uh, Will Fuller's health
1: true the 15 targets last week obviously were it was supplemented on some level by uh will fuller being uh coming out with a hamstring uh but what what i do think and our guy emory hunt i mentioned this the other day mm. you know his his position on it and he's been on cote for a while is that they're gonna have a difficult time running the ball which they have so right. far this year and so he the is quick really screen game is their run game yeah he's like almost an extended running game they can they can fashion a running game out of his ability simply because they don't have the ability to run a, a traditional running game. I'll, I'll give you their, running, their rushing numbers right now in Houston. Is my computer is being very temperamental. But right now, <clears throat> actually doing okay. Uh, they're ninth in yards. They're sixth in attempts. But they're 13th in yards per attempt and they only have two rushing touchdowns right now. So uh, the, the picture painted by those statistics isn't all that bad, but we're also talking about a team that, that is 1-3 uh, and was yeah. effectively gifted at least a half a win by Frank Reich. Um, you know, it, it easily could have been a tie. They could have played that yeah. out, or the Colts could have played it out a different way, but it, it kind of gift-wrapped them the win. Uh, they have not been very good thus far. So... Um, so that that's kind of my thoughts on Kuti. I, I do think gotcha. he'll there will be a possibility for him to continue to be valuable even if Fuller is in. Right now, Lamar Miller, three point nine yards per carry. Alfred Blue, four yards per carry. Deshaun Watson has obviously uh, been pretty good in limited rushing action. Twenty four carries through the four weeks.
2: Yeah. So that's why, you know, Naheem Hines is an interesting ad. We talked about him as a, in relation to some of these other guys on your team, but going back to the Thursday night football game, you know, Naheem Hines could be an interesting play because there, there's a dearth of other playmakers there on Indianapolis on this short week. On the road in a game where I think they're going to need to be chasing points. But Blewett, on the other side, is I think we have a decision to make. In our league, where we are in first place together, miles ahead of the competition, at 4-0, and we have Rob Gronkowski, right? And um, Yes, sir. Blewett, I am very – it's a different situation, right? And I understand that. But I am very concerned that similar to my concern about Dalvin Cook, Last Thursday night, I am sim- <clears throat> similarly concerned about Rob Gronkowski's usage. I'm similarly concerned about him coming back on the short week. And I'm concerned. Listen, I think the Pats are going to boat race Indianapolis tonight. So when it's 23-7 in the third quarter, I think they're going to be like, you know what? We need to work Edelman back in. We need to get Josh Gordon some confidence in chemistry with Brady. Gronk, thanks a lot. We'll take it from here. I'm worried about that uh, scenario, and Scott made a good point last hour that if they do score a lot of points, Gronk is going to probably be helpful in that effort. But I'm 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 worried about his usage, even if he's active tonight. And I know our other tight end is the Rastafari, the Austin Safari and Jenkins, and he's up against Kansas City, and people score against Kansas City. Um, they are the
1: fourth worst team against opposing tight ends. Uh, yeah, the, so and, do we make the know, switch? This week, the third worst because the Bucks are on a bye.
2: Do we make the switch? I'm, I mean, I know it sounds crazy if Gronk is active, like you start Gronk, and I understand that, but I, 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 I'm leaning towards maybe we don't. How do you feel about that one?
1: I think that you approach it the way I would always approach things like this. Unless you're told that or it is leaked that the guy is on a pitch count, I think you put him out there. Gronk can do enough damage in one quarter for for him to extract value. Uh, And if he's inactive, then you make the switch and and call it a day and take your chances with Safarian Jenkins against um, against the Chiefs Chiefs on Sunday. So I would also say that if Gronk does play, I think we can immediately release uh, the other tight end. Uh, for somebody, Safarian Jenkins. For somebody like a Cameron Braid or other better options on the waiver wire. I know some of our competitors are listening, but <laughs> I'm just trying to give people, I'm just trying to give people a sense of what I would do. Cameron Braid is out there on some waiver wires still. I know waivers ran last night, and I bet you got picked up in a lot of leagues with OJ Howard being out for the next month. But something right. to consider. Cameron Braid was. It's very strange. He was a zero for two weeks, like a zero, an actual zero mm. for two weeks. And then he caught a touchdown against the Steelers, and I was like, all right, they're working them back in here. And then another touchdown last week with Jameis Winston under center, who showed at least some preference for right. Cameron Brait last year and the year before. So I think Cameron Brait's value will continue to increase here as we move along without O.J. Howard and perhaps make them both – uh, have some value uh, throughout the rest of the season. I, I've had a lot of questions about tight ends this week, Dane, just yeah. because the position as we uh, we've said, I said I've said this so many times. Every year this happens. This this situation with tight ends is a complete mess. This may be a particularly messy season. But it's out of control now because people are saying, well, who do I pick up? They're sending me screenshots, my friends. Right. Uh, Who do I pick up from this? Do I pick up Jesse James or uh, uh, Ricky Seals Jones or, you know, all kinds of questions like that. And honestly, I'm looking at guys like Jeff Swaim and Cameron Brait (laughs) and others that I think are perhaps even better options. Plus, you now got Hayden Hurst coming back. So that's an option.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we've also talked about the opportunity that might be there for Tyler Croft in Cincinnati Yeah. now that uh, Eifert is gone. You know, I'm not as big on Ellison because think about the other targets there in New York that are severely prioritized over him. Absolutely. But, you know, Eric Ebron is back there. Listen, people should have listened to me when we were talking about Vance McDonald two weeks ago. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? If people wound up picking up Vance McDonald when I mentioned it two weeks ago, you'd have you'd have someone that you could be happy about now on a week to week basis in a prolific offense. I also mentioned my guy Hireman, you know, and it's 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 a little crazy. I acknowledge. But, you know, The path has been cleared with Jake Butt now on IR. I like the name you mentioned, Hayden Hurst, coming back for Baltimore. Remember, this was an early tight end pick, and Flacco has always utilized the tight end. And then, you know, there's other guys. I mean, another thing you could do is get ahead of the curve, right? Uh, Try and get O.J. Howard, even though it's going to be three weeks down the road. Try and get Evan Ingram, even though it might be three weeks down the road. You know, that sort of thing. Uh, But, yeah, tight end is a wasteland.
1: I picked up Tariq Cohen in a league last night because somebody had dropped him before the week, before he had the big game. Uh, and the way the waiver wires lined up, I just put in for him. I know he's on a bye, but I, I think I immediately improved my roster for the long term. I, I, that might be Tariq Cohen's best game of the year, but I think he's going to be valuable. They I, They obviously need to use him. The offense was better, getting guys like Gabriel and Cohen out in space, and screw Jordan Howard. If I were Jordan Howard owner, which I am, by the way, because I just rattled him off as part of one of the teams, I'd be really right. concerned right now. The offense looked way better when he wasn't a part of it. That's
2: true, but at the same time, I've had some people tell me that um, they're in leagues where Jordan Howard was dropped because he's got to buy this week, and if if, if yeah. he's available on your waiver wire, you got to pick him up, despite the fact that I understand yeah, I don't what you're, you're saying there. You know, and, be, and they have a bye this week. You know, some people are forced into weird decisions, Mike, with the bye weeks. Right. And so our guy, yeah. to be quite honest, Louis, our guy, Danny Otto, OK, our, our producer popping off. He texts me about, you know, his own league. I'm trying to help him out. And he's like, yo, Jordan Howard just got dropped. I was like, yo, pick him up. It's absolutely OK. Yeah. Like, he's a legit guy, even though I hear you in terms of what this offense is starting to look like as it moves forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, his his second-round pick in a lot of leagues, third-round pick, and now his value appears to be deteriorating, but it's not to the point where I think you should cut him. It could conceivably, by the end of the year, if Trubisky continues to play well, not like he did the other day, but play well, uh, I think they'll continue to improve and be an offense that can score. And that is the type of guy that you still want to hang on to. He may not be ripping off 100-yard games, but if they're moving the ball down the field and he gets some goal line cracks, then, yeah, he's valuable. He's still touched the ball 200 times this year. Right.
2: And hopefully what we see, and we didn't see it as much, he could be – if the Bears' offense gets better, that means they may have to grind out some fourth quarters and then Jordan Howard in terms of game script, you know, is a good play on volume if they if they start winning <clears> some games.
1: Would you rather have Jordan Howard or
2: Alex Collins right now? Uh Jordan Howard. I, 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 Jordan Howard listen, or Buck Allen? Allen. Buck Allen. Um, see, that's the yeah. thing. I'm oh, really, really down on Alex Collins. Yeah, I'm down on Alex Collins. I, I like. I, I think he's in the doghouse. The, the comments that Harbaugh made about, like, can't have it, his fumbling, like, that was a big change. You know, the, the Ravens should have been up, like, 21 nothing in that game, and it wound up being 14-14 in that second quarter. I don't think Alex Collins, you talk about Jordan Howard's, like, usage evaporating. I think it's happening to Alex Collins even more.
1: Yeah. So, Jordan Howard's games thus far, 15 carries for 82 yards in week one, 14 for 35, brutal, 24 for 61 in a score, and then 11 for 25 in a game where there's six touchdown passes and they put right. up 48 points. I mean, that that is what is disturbing about it. But I wouldn't panic. Uh, I'd keep them through the bye week. I'd consider yeah. playing them again. Let's see what their next game is. They will play after the bye week. They play at Miami. And then they have the Pats and the Jets at Buffalo. Weird, again, another three AFC te- East teams in a row. There's a bunch of scheduling quirks like that this year. Well, let me, let me recap at least one waiver wire that I, I was a part of. And it's funny because I didn't buy in on this guy necessarily a few weeks ago, like as a, as a stash, unless it was a deeper league. But now I've, mm-hmm. I've targeted him in a few leagues. So Kiki Kuti, I ended up getting him. I dropped Devontae mm-hmm. Parker finally for $151 on the, on the bids. Uh, Andy Dalton got picked up in uh, cutting Dak Prescott for $144 on the remaining yep. bids there. It's a $1,000 budget here, so you're getting a sense. And this is in week four, so budgets are already gone. Uh, yeah. What people are spending. Chester Rogers. Chester Rogers is, is strategic. interesting, yeah. That's a one-week yeah, $118. Right? Yeah, it. it, yeah, it is. It, no, that's the thing. The Ryan Grant, right. Chester Rogers thing, I debated a lot at the beginning of the year. We have Ryan Grant in one of our leagues for now. Yep. <laughs> we, yeah, for right. now. Uh, we'll see if we are we'll see what happens. a little bit what, when these waivers run. And I have Chester Rogers in a dynasty league, so I'm obviously going to play him this week. But... I just wonder what that looks like going forward, the Chester Rogers-Ryan Grant scenario. I think that's going to be almost impossible to tell until like a month from now when we look back at it.
2: Right, and then a month from now, T.Y. Hilton will be back. Jack Doyle will be back, rendering their their value a little bit lower anyway.
1: You think they're both valuable tonight, though?
2: Oh, tonight, yes. Tonight, I do. Indy's going to have to throw Andrew Luck. They can't run. Andrew Luck's going to put it up 45 times. Someone's got to catch it.
1: Yeah, Mike, Mike Davis got picked up. Marquez Valdez-Scantling picked up. Rashard Higgins. Alfred Blue. We'll do that a little bit more, and we'll do some snap counts when we come back. It's Mike and Dane on FST on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
0: DailyRodo.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice.
1: Back on FST and BetDSI is celebrating 20 years as the industry's biggest and safest betting site. They have great customer service and fast, easy payment of winnings. You can play virtually every sport at BetDSI with hundreds of wagering options, including live in game wagering on all major sporting events where you can make your play at any time during the game. BetDSI is now offering up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code FNTSY. That's betdsi.com, promo code FNTSY. So head on over to bet DSI and start winning today. So, Dane, as we normally like to do in our Thursday shows, is give people a sense of what um, snap counts look like for certain teams and who is playing over whom. I think yep. it's an important thing to know as you go throughout the season and you discuss whether a guy's value is increasing or whether he is ultimately droppable. But uh, a team that we've looked at for the last two weeks uh, is the Denver Broncos so, uh, and their wide receiver position. So uh, I think we'll start there. And let me go to the first one. Yeah,
2: because I'm Portland interested Sutton. in Portland Sutton. When I watch Monday Night Football, okay. you know, I saw that I think they're working him in a lot over Demarius Thomas potentially even. They're putting him on the opposite side of bunch formations. You saw on critical third downs, they're going to him. Um, I'm wondering if... He has already leapfrogged Demarius Thomas uh, in that offense. Not
1: yet, not okay. yet. Getting close, but okay. um, this might be indicative of the fact that I wonder how many offensive plays they ran. I would like to see that. Um, if you can pick that up, let me know how many offensive plays they ran. Just combine the rushes and the pass attempts, and uh, let sure. me know. Sure. We'll bring that up on r- Monday night. The it, yes, so okay. uh, on. Sanders uh, was 54. He led the wide receiving core with 54 snaps. DT was second with 51, and Sutton was third with 42. So a big part of it still. Uh, and you know, you and I put in a bid on Cortland Sutton. We'll see if we get him, but I do think he's getting to the point where he could be valuable. Um, they haven't yet shown the ability. Plays. So there you go. Sanders is on nearly you know 98% of those snaps so yeah. but Sutton out there for 42 of 55 that's pretty good it sure he's sure is there. And,
2: I mean Sutton's six targets Demarius Thomas is seven targets you know uh 76% that's really the same, of the snaps yeah, but it looks to me like Keenum is starting to have eyes for Sutton over Demarius Thomas. So if they get in there more, if that kind of like normalizes a little bit more and it's close, I, 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 you know, I think Sutton is viable. Especially, and I've said this point before, if you're in a dynasty league, you need Cortland Sutton because these guys are free agents. Demarius Thomas is a free agent at the end of the year too. So I think they're, uh, you know, I think they're priming the pump for that, for the future.
1: So what's interesting is Golden Tate has the big game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he only had 42 snaps to Kenny Galladay's 53. And Marvin huh. Jones, uh, let's see, Marvin Jones, a lot of guys named Jones here. <laughs> uh, Marvin Jones had 50. So, Golden Tate saw the least number of snaps. And Galladay saw the most. So, I look, Kenny Galladay is probably owned by a lot of people, but I think it's, it's important to keep looking at snapshots like that uh, to see if there's anything viable. Let me see James Washington. 47 snaps for James Washington. Juju had 60. And mm. Brown Baby. had, let me just double check, uh, Antonio Brown had 59. So, Could you do uh, a pitch for a tight end? still not out there much.
2: What was the tight uh, end split between one? Jesse James and Vance McDonald? Because I think Vance is, you know, everybody who listens to this show, if you listen to this network, I've been on Vance McDonald for a while. Um, so what's the yes. snaps there?
1: Let me get that one. It shouldn't be that difficult. I Look, from just watching game flow, I think you can tell, like, this is a blowout now. Like, Vance McDonald is way in front as to yep. um, guys taking snaps. So Jesse James had 27 snaps. And Vance McDonald, let me get it for you. Vance had 39. So right. 50% uh, more. Yeah, but you know, based on what I just said about the Pitzer wide receivers, that means they were running a decent amount of three three wides wide receiver sets, and you know, I think there's probably some instances where you know Connor was split out. I'd have to go back mm-hmm. and rewatch the game to see how often. But obviously, the tight ends weren't even out there that often. You know, thirty nine yeah, snaps only for Vance McDonald, who is a. Uh, who's a tight end that is, is clearly the dominant pass catcher now in that offense. It doesn't mean Jesse James doesn't have any value, but in most of the leagues that you, for those of you listening are talking about, Jesse James doesn't need to be out there. Like he, Maybe he's a bi-week fill-in, but really he, he's not going to be a guy that you need unless you're in deep dynasty league or something like that. I think something that we won't judge yet, but it's something that could be interesting Going forward is the Baltimore tight ends because that you talk about fantasy herd. That's something that's been impossible to figure out, right? Yeah, and Mark Hurst Andrews, is going to further Max complicate Williams, Hayden Hurst. Exactly. So I just wonder if they... they got so many young guys there too. It's it's impossible to know who Flacco is going to feel comfortable with. He might not feel comfortable with any of them because he's sure. got a very veteran wide receiver core.
2: Yeah, um, it's true, and I think John Brown he's starting to build chemistry with. Um, you know, in the snap count world. Talk to me about uh, Buck Allen versus uh, Alex Collins and, like, how that's been trending because I think Buck Allen is probably seeing an increase in snaps, right? And Alex Collins, they they said it, that they benched him after the fumble, right? And the words coming out of Baltimore with Harbaugh saying, like, he can't have it, that sort of stuff, I really think we could start to see a flip-flop. I I really believe Buck
1: Allen could be the Baltimore back-to-own moving forward. Okay, so Buck Allen. The last, the first four weeks: thirty snaps, forty-two snaps, thirty-nine steps, thirty-three snaps. Uh, mm. Alex Collins is twenty-seven snaps. This is this is almost identical. Forty-two, the exact same number of snaps. Then thirty-five, slightly less, and then thirty-six, slightly more. So they are right mm. down Broadway. They've split the snaps almost identically. I think Buck Allen, according to this math, has four more snaps on the whole season. But I think that uh, – here's what I'll say about the Collins thing. I think that's a shot across the bow. Like, mm. get your ass together or you're going right. to get benched. So, Swift kick in the butt. I don't think this is the week where it changes unless he does it again. Do you know what I mean?
2: Okay, so you're on You're on his last chance to you. His last yes, chance saloon yes. for Alex Collins. Corey okay. Parson, I mean, uh, I can the fancy executive,
1: <laughs> is a guy that get, gives last chances to guys every week. <laughs> every week is Amari Cooper's last chance, and every right. week is Sammy Watkins' last chance. So right. I, I will, I will uh, uh, summon Corey Parson and say that this is Alex Collins' last chance. I would say for for, for his starting role as a Ravens running back. Forget fantasy. Like I think mm-hmm. Harbaugh is going to be done with it if he fumbles again.
2: They are at Cleveland divisional matchup where the Cleveland Browns start a baby. Are Home dogs. And you know how much I love those home dogs to bark. The Cleveland Browns yeah, yeah, are getting yeah. three points. They're getting three points at home against these Baltimore Ravens. And listen, the Browns' defense is better than people think. Miles Garrett putting on a show this year. Um, Do you think maybe they want to have more of the passing back of Al- of uh, Buck Allen in this one?
1: Mm. How do, you,
2: how do you see that game? How do you see that game overall? Interesting I like division matchup.
1: You do? Yeah, I like the Ravens. I think they're. I think they're playing a much better brand of football. I, the Browns are. They're still browning it up. They're one and yeah, three. Ravens, they could be four and zero. Oh. They, they really could be. They're three. not one and three. They, they are one,
2: two, and one.
1: <laughs> Sorry, one and two and one. I keep forgetting that stupid tie. But know, if they hit kicks, if yeah. they hit kicks, they are. Yeah. They are three they're and, oh. and one. Right, and if they at least, get a, yeah. got screwed, if they get uh, by a good spot out in
2: Oakland, right? Like there's they still get there's forty five points now. What are they
1: doing? They still I don't get know forty five.
2: You know you're right. Do you think Joe Flacco is going to come in and put forty five up on them? I mean, to me, the no, Ravens are one not. of those teams, and Joe Flacco is one of those guys where, like, I think he is better at home than on the road. I wonder about him in a road start. This Browns defense is not too shabby. Denzel Ward might pick him
1: off. A lot of people were off the Ravens. I was not completely off of them. I thought they would be right around eight and eight, nine and seven, is what I said. I, I thought they could be the last, the sixth playoff team. Who did, I ended up picking the Chiefs as my sixth playoff team. Right?
2: You have as your AFC I'm wild like card at your as your AFC wild cards, you have the Kansas City Chiefs and the Jacksonville Jaguars because you have the Titans winning the AFC South and the yeah, Chargers winning the AFC West. So you're uh, no, you have happen. Jacksonville and KC. I have Jacksonville and Cincinnati as my two wild cards.
1: The Steelers are really going to jam this whole thing up they by sure losing. Are. Keep sure losing games. You're going to have Baltimore yep. and Cincinnati competing for wild card yep. spots, or the and or the division. So, mm-hmm. uh, and hell, I raised my hand to blew one. it.
2: I was one. I was yeah. off the Ravens. I I thought it was going to unravel. I will raise my hand and say that I, I'm I'm you did. wrong you on did this like one. It. I didn't like them. I also didn't like the Bengals, although I warmed to them in the, in the preseason when we saw their offensive line. But I really were, I was definitely down on the Bengals and on the Ravens, and I can say at this point in the season, looks like that was not a great call by
1: the spitting statistician. Okay. We'll do uh, the one more snap count thing. Mike Davis, mm. 47 snaps. Uh, Rashad Penny, Henny, oof. what do you think he did? How many? Well, snaps you, you just hear? said "oof." Mike Davis. <laughs>
2: so um, I'm gonna go with uh, 21 snaps.
1: It's even worse. 16 snaps for Rashad Penny. Wow! Wow!
2: And, Car- and if Carson, Carson comes back too, that further muddles it. it
1: does. Yeah. You yeah. think they
2: wind up going no, with yeah. Mike Davis and Chris Carson? Is like, is Rashad? Are you cutting Rashad Penny?
1: You know what I would do? I would punt this whole situation. Yeah. I have Chris Carson in my dynasty league, and I. Played him in the week where he had a good game because I had nothing left. I'm finally getting Mark Ingram back. Right. Um, In fact, the other day, I won. And the only running back I had was Mike Gillisley. That's how deep that dynasty league is and how poor – my running back situation is. So uh, he scored like two points, so I'll take it. But uh, because Carson was inactive and uh, Ingram was suspended, so I'm finally getting somebody back that can get 10 touches or so. Uh, But there you go. Honestly, the Mike Davis thing, it's just that's when you just throw your hands up in the air and be like, all right, I I don't know what they're doing. 47 snaps. They obviously don't trust Penny right now. 16 snaps. Yeah. (sighs) You know, in a game where they were uh, they, they won. So, right. what can I say? I mean, I, it, it, that seems to be, if it's a winning formula for them, why would they change it up? We knew that this running game would struggle throughout the year, and now here we are, and it's guess what? It's struggling.
2: Here's the other thing, though. This week... The Seattle Seahawks, they take on the Los Angeles Rams, and the Rams are a team that can force you into a shootout, like we've said with the Chiefs as well, right? So the Seahawks are going to wind up real quickly, in my opinion, abandoning any semblance of a run game, and this is going to be Russell Wilson playing schoolyard football all day long. So I wouldn't want any of the Seattle running backs, uh, unless it's like, you know, the pass catching kind of guy, because I don't think they're going to have the ability to grind it out with Davis or, you know, Carson, if he comes. Back, they're going to be forced out of their game and out of their scheme real quick by this Rams. Can offense. this
1: be CJ ProSize, by the way? CJ
2: ProSize, so that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, he had three snaps the other day, but to your point, it maybe they have to mix it up because they can't have it. Maybe he's got to be on the field game. a little right. bit more. This one, if they're down,
2: right. you know, when they're down 27 yeah. to 10 in the third quarter, they're going to have to have him on the field.
1: Do you think anything can ha- You know how the NFL is a week-to-week league, and we say it all the time, yeah. and wacky things happen. Do you think anything yeah. weird can happen with the Rams going up to Seattle and getting uh, surprised? It's only a 7.5-point spread right now. The half point, spread, uh, the right half point the would scare me. 50 and a half Yeah, that, I hate that hook as well.
2: That hook would scare me and you know you know the narrative of the divisional matchups anything can happen right I think the Rams win this game but the hook scares me you know taking a home and Seattle you know yes I understand the home the Legion of Boom is not there I understand they're not the same team I understand this home field advantage may not be the same but you know they do have that home field advantage with the 12s and all that it is a division matchup and giving the Seahawks as a home dog the hook over seven, to me, it's a stay away. You know, I do think ultimately the Rams can win and cover because they've been lights out, similar to how I believe the Patriots can win and cover, but the hook would scare me. So for both of these, if you have the option to stay away, that's what I would do.
1: So uh, switching gears over to the Devontae Freeman news, he expected to be Hmm. back this week. So Tevin Coleman, owners, uh, may see, obviously, a huge hit here in his value. But he, it's just a very curious kind of quote. I'm in tune with my body and myself. This is from Devonte Freeman via ESPN.com. I'm in tune with my body and myself so I know when I can be me. Just getting back out there when I'm comfortable enough. I think right now I'm comfortable enough to get out there. I feel good. I feel explosive. I'm ready to run. The comfortable enough thing just... Yeah. strikes me as odd. it's like enough just say you're is the word
2: <laughs> that's interesting right. good
1: to go yeah like uh, but i saw another report that he was like chomping at the
2: bit to get out there you know so i, I don't i, I don't so. know i'm excited to be quite honest i'm excited about this one this is my good old game stack blew it 57 and a half total we know what the steelers defense has been like you know what i've been saying against the falcons defense i actually i am considering you know because I'm game stacking this bad boy. I'm considering Freeman as a DFS running back this week because he is. Um, let me look at the prices here over on FanDuel. Listen, Coleman is at 6,900, Freeman is at 6,800. You know, and in that game, Connor's all the way up at 7,800. But Atlanta's gonna score some points, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And maybe if Freeman's yeah. back. Maybe they run them out there. And Coleman's on the injury report now, too. So I think this is a value right here. Freeman at 6,800.
1: So, what I would do on this over, what we've seen throughout the year thus far, when we've seen these huge totals, Dane, is we've seen them come down closer to game time. I think I'd want right. to wait on this total to see if I can get it down to 54 and a half, 55, something like that before I hit the over. Does that make sense? It does because um, right now listen, I'm needing a thirty to twenty eight game yeah. just to cover it by a half point. Right, but you can
2: get thirty. You can get thirty one twenty four if it comes down a little bit. I like that. I would wait. Um, I would wait on this total, but I do think this one is going to be the ones that kind of like live up to the billing as a shootout.
1: Yeah, I, the Steelers haven't shown any ability yet to stop anybody, so I think that is one of the highlight games for this week because one okay. of these teams is going to be in really big trouble. Atlanta Yeah, the loser is of four. this game. The yeah, Steelers the loser of this be in trouble. Yeah, yeah. big big um, and so we're, we're, go ahead. No,
2: go ahead. I was just going to say in the uh, NFC South, the AFC the AFC North, I think it's even worse for the Steelers if they lose because listen, the Ravens and the Bengals have been there in the NFC South. Right. You know, the, the Falcons, if they lose is one thing, you know, the Saints are there, but the Bucks are surprised. They're going to fall off. They're like a speed horse to me at the track. You know, they're going to fade yeah. um, clearly. And And Carolina, Carolina, I still haven't been able to figure out, but I think there's stiffer competition for the Steelers in the AFC North right now. And so that's why I think it's an even bigger game for Pittsburgh. And they're at home.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we'll talk about a couple other spotlight games on the other side, but I think one of them is going to be the Jaguars and Chiefs. That obviously, it's got to be one mm-hmm. of the most uh, watched games this week from an NFL standpoint. I'm not suggesting ratings or anything like that, but it could be. Uh, you got a three and one Jaguars team and a four and O Chiefs team uh, that you know it's it's one of the better defenses in the league meeting the top offense in the league, and I, I think that'll be an interesting one to watch. We will. Break that game down a little bit. We'll obviously talk about tonight's game, uh, Pats-Colts. I think I've convinced myself to pick the Pats for my survivor pick already, Dane. So uh, why don't we come back? We'll talk a little bit about Chiefs-Jaguars, talk Pats-Colts, and one other game. It's FST, Thursday edition. We'll be right back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back on FST Thursday Edition, head on over to DailyRoto.com. It's the industry leading daily fantasy site that has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million dollar tournament winners. And millions more in smaller prizes for countless subscribers. So once you're there, just click on Go Premium. You can use the same Daily Fantasy line optimizer that's helped Daily Roto customers achieve remarkable success. And if it's sports wagering you're into, click on the new sports betting tab. We will be able to use the same tools that have produced all those daily fantasy winnings from line Picks, Picks Against the Spread, Game Totals, and Player Props. So go to DailyRoto.com and enter FNTSY for a special discount. It's DailyRoto.com, the industry website where millionaires are made, literally. Uh, so thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, uh, you know, if you want to give us a call, I'll actually open up the phone lines here in case people have some Thursday night questions. 844-843-6879. Uh, lovely producer Chris Pavona will uh, take your calls and line them up. And, the Dane, our, uh, we, our waivers just ran. So I'm looking at it right now. What did we get? What did we get, Dane? It's like Christmas morning. Who did we get on the waiver run uh, in our – our uh our league you know our uh what do you call it what's the word i'm looking for yeah in our our staff league that's the word i'm looking for so here's the transactions uh what did we get we got adam vinatieri so that's fun and we got Cortland sutton and taylor gabriel and that's it we didn't get kiki kuti oh my god we got outbid by eight dollars we put it 161 dollars. He was one at one sixty nine. So I dropped Ryan Grant <laughs> this week, Dean, for Taylor Gabriel, but we weren't playing him anyway, right? Hello. All right, Dane may have dropped off. Sorry, yeah, I Dane got muted. My off. bad. So, yeah, I'm here. So sorry uh, about that. Uh, so I think he was angry that I dropped Ryan Grant, so he dropped it's off the line. It's true. For a minute, so.
2: But I was looking, and, you know, we still, we're going Michael Thomas. We're going Manny Sanders. We're going Nelson Aguilar. I know Nelson Aguilar is trending down, but I still think we start him, and there's no room for him in our flex Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Sonny Michelle. So, no, we weren't starting Grant anyway.
1: So we have Taylor Gabriel and Cortland Sutton instead of Ryan Grant and Brandon Marshall, I think, on the whole an Upgrade. You're not as big on Taylor Gabriel as I am, but you're probably a little higher in Cortland Sutton than I am. So this is what happens when you co-own a league. Neither has had any problem dropping Brandon Marshall. I think Ryan Grant is somebody, obviously, for this week that you can hang on to and however long uh, T.Y. Hilton is out.
2: Yeah, and I refer back to, you know how you know, we've been sharing this team, we've been making collaborative decisions, blew it, we are 4-0, and as everyone knows. I want to say this, though. The first time we differed on a decision was our first round pick at the draft, I and know. you wanted to go Leonard Fournette. I decided to take a stand on Melvin Gordon. That worked out what well for us. What a huge change.
1: Yes, what a huge <laughs> change that was. That uh, worked out well for us, I would say. <laughs> Yeah, we collaborated on the Gronk decision, so we're both we taking a little bit of heat for that one. Uh, I can't remember the other ones during the draft, but I did. I was adamant about James Connor, so that's helped us uh, early in the season. But the, the you Furnett, about Melvin Gordon decision is something that a lot of people, I'm sure, hemmed and hawed about. Right, if you were um, picking seven, eight, nine,
2: something like that. Yep, I heard uh, you of was... talking
1: in the previous. I heard you and Scott talking the previous hour. They're saying it could be a lost season uh, for Leonard Fournette just because he's going to be dealing with this hamstring issue. If I were them, I'd just shut him down for like a three weeks. I'm off. They don't need. Yeah, they don't need him now. They need him in January.
2: I completely agree right? with you. And T.J. Yeldon has shown that he is serviceable in these short stints. Okay, yes, I completely he is. agree with you. They brought he's him a really back. Really good to guy soon. to have for three weeks. You know, they brought him back in week four way too soon. Like what? Because they were worried about what the Jets could do? I mean, I I just think they've mismanaged this. They need to shut him down for a little bit. I completely agree with you. They need him after Thanksgiving, not right now. Um, I, I, I don't understand what they're doing. Dr. A last Friday literally said this is going to happen if they bring him back too soon. And there you go. I mean – I'm completely with you. They need to shut him down for like a month. And when they think he's healthy and ready, then they need to hold him out for another two weeks after that.
1: Yeah. And Dane, if you wanted, we could, uh, when waivers open back up, we could drop Latavius Murray and pick Ryan Grant back up. So uh, something to consider. We could do it for a far cheaper price than I just spent (laughs) on a guy that's going into a buy, but whatever. It's all good. So, but I, 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 felt like this was the time to jump on the bears. I, th- I felt like their price would be depressed across all the leagues. So for those leagues where Cohen was out there and Gabriel is out there and uh, anybody else on the Bears that might be out there, which is probably unlikely with the rest of them, I, I think this is a time to jump on it. So uh, let's talk about uh, some of the hot spotlight games. Um, yeah. We, t- we we got cut off by Jaguars and Chiefs, obviously. Um, get me the spread on that one, but I'll, I'll drop a couple of stats on it. So uh, TJ Yeldon had 100 scrimmage yards last week. Fournette's going to be out this week. So he aims for his third in a row with 90-plus scrimmage yards, to Dane's point that he just made. He's very serviceable in these times, not just for the Jaguars, but for fantasy owners. He had a touchdown catch in the last meeting between these two teams and he's had 65 scrimmage yards and a touchdown and two of the past three on the road, so his game is traveling a little bit. D.D. Westbrook obviously set career highs with nine catches and 130 receiving yards last week. Dante Moncrief had 109 and a touchdown catch last week as well, so... What are your thoughts, Dane, on that dynamic of the Jaguars' wide receivers? We know that Keelan Cole is a guy that we like, but is it something where uh, D.D. Westbrook and or Dante Moncrief become valuable uh, for this team moving forward?
2: I'm so conflicted on this game, Mike. I really am. I have so many competing narratives in my head. First thing you asked about it the Chiefs are three point home favorites in Kansas City at Arrowhead. Uh, So they are minus three. And the over under, which is, I think, the most interesting one, right? Because this game is billed as the unstoppable force against the immovable object, right? You know, and but yet. They're they're setting the total, it looks like, under the assumption that the Chiefs' offense will carry the day. You know what I mean? This total is at 49. It's not in the 50s, but that's the highest you're going to see for a Jaguars game. Here's where I'm conflicted, to bring it back to your question, Mike, about the Jags' wide receivers. Okay. Um Remember Matt Patricia against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football a couple weeks ago? And what we said he does and what we say these teams kind of need to do is to utilize the run game, keep this vaunted offense off the field, have them not run plays, that sort of thing. So for me, and we know that that is what Tom Coughlin and Doug Marone want to do, run the ball, play good defense, right? So that's one narrative that I would say could be the under, and could be the idea of like, eh, I'm not really on these Jaguars wide receivers because I think even more than most games, they're going to want to be conservative and run the ball. So that's one narrative. The competing, conflicting narrative I also believe in is the Chiefs force you out of your game flow real quick, <laughs> you know, and, and everybody puts up points against the chiefs and you've made the point a number of times and have started to compel me blew it that, you know, the, the Jags actually do pass the ball. You know, you've been putting up stats about like Bortles attempts and stuff. So I'm so conflicted. I, if you ask me to put a gun to my head, I think the narrative I'll go with is they want to keep Patty Mahomes and the Chiefs off the field. I think they're going to run the ball more, so I don't know about these Jaguars wideouts on the outside.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and what's interesting, too, is that Keelan Cole was the guy where when – Marquise Lee went down. People were like, it's going to be Keelan Cole. He'll be the guy. Right. And after the first two weeks, you were like, hey, look at that. Seven for 116 at a touchdown in week two. The last two weeks, he's got seven catches for 50 yards. And D.D. Westbrook, so far this season, five catches for 51, four for 82 and a touchdown, three for 31, and then nine for 130. He's really consistently been a part of this offense. It's pretty interesting to look at it, whereas Moncrief... Uh, he's had a touchdown in two of the last three, but he only had one game that you would even, I mean, the, the touchdown is just an ancillary part of that game. He's four for 34. Outside of that, is one for 14 and two for 16, and then they use him last week, five for 109. You know, Corey Grant has had a bunch of catches in there too. Austin Safarian Jenkins, it's really disappointing when you look at the numbers. He's got three catches, three catches, three catches, two catches. Not for yeah. any more than 25 yards. You need a touchdown out of him. He's obviously not uh, a part of this passing offense yet. Plus, T.J. Yeldon catches passes. Um, so I-, I think you need to keep an eye on D.D. Westbrook. But to your point, a little bit of a fantasy herd, a little bit of them trying to slow it down for this particular week. This may not be your best week to start uh, anybody uh, uh, based on the game flow that you're projecting. But I'm looking here. Where do the Chiefs you like the over/under opposing wide receivers? You take the over uh, on the under stack on this up, one. By the way, middle, middle of the pack on um, opposing wide receivers. Would I take the over or the under? It's, 49 it's is the total. basically 49. Yeah. Oh, so what is that looking like? What is that with a three-point you know, spread?
2: Twenty 24-21 doesn't get it done. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here.
1: They're saying 26-23. Talking... Yeah. It needs to be 27-23 to go over. I can see yep. that. I, could, I could
2: also see this game being twenty-seven. That's exactly though, what the score easy.
1: was. 27 23 was the exact score against the Broncos on Monday night, wasn't it?
2: Uh yes, that is true. And that was in um, Denver
1: with a pretty good defense. You know, yeah. it's uh this is now at home against a really good yeah. defense. But so I think the Jags are a better a defense. defense. Here's what I'll yeah. say. I would not touch that number. I'm out Jag I'm off that game. I'm yeah, off that game. I agree I, I can't you. be confident. If I see some stuff along these next couple of days that get me excited about it, then uh, I'll be on it. But um, I, I can't sign off on on that bet. I think it's too close. I mean, Vegas, you know, Vegas might be nailing the number there. And if it's a 27-23 right. game, that's a sweat that I don't need on a Sunday right. afternoon. So hey, Blue, we got to talk official picks, on, and we go got ahead. a
2: caller though too. We got a caller on the line.
1: All right, what do we got? Uh, We got Holly in New Jersey. Let's take Holly in New Jersey. Holly in New Jersey. And then we'll make our uh,
2: picks on Thursday Night Football. What's up, Holly?
1: Okay. Holly in New Jersey, going once. Hello? Holly in New Jersey, going twice. Hey, Holly, Holly. how are you?
3: Hello? Yes, how are you,
1: Holly? Yes, I can hear you.
3: (laughs) Hey, hi, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good morning. I am having a running back issue, and I wanted to get y'all insight on what I should do. Um, current running backs that I have right now is uh, Giovanni Bernard, James Conner, Ajayi. I am a Leonard Fournette owner, hmm. a Lamar Miller owner. I have Aaron hmm. Jones. I have been looking to trade uh, Fournette. I'm trying to ship him off, but um, nobody's been biting. But I just received a trade offer, trying to take James Conner away from me for Jordan Howard and um, Allen Robinson. Just uh,
1: doesn't help me for so this strong, week.
3: Yeah, it definitely doesn't.
2: But it does for the future, Holly. I mean, yeah. if, you're in, if you're like 3-1, and one, if you're 4-0, and oh, listen, James Conner is going to evaporate for you in the fantasy playoffs. And that's a concern for me if you're primed and ready to go for the playoffs. So I think Blued is right. It doesn't help you in the short term. But my question back for you is like, you know, are you playing the long term right now or the short term based on your record? Because some of your other running backs were okay.
3: I mean, I'm trying to play the long term. That's why I was trying to get some trades out to bring back a yeah. you know, a healthier running back. Um, but yeah. nobody's fighting on uh, Fernet, obviously. Um, right. I'm trying to ship him out even for a carry-on Johnson. And Lamar mm-hmm. Miller sucks. So Yes, he
2: does. Shout out to Corey Parsons. <laughs> yes,
3: exactly. I mean, so. Blewett,
2: you're the Steelers expert, man. James Conner's got two weeks left, man. It, lo- it sounds like, at least. So, like, is it now the time to, like, sell him when you can still?
1: I'd say so. If you can get something for him, and you got you're getting a Jordan Howard, Allen Robinson Howard. combined offer, offer <laughs> I would do that.
3: But I don't need wide. I'm good at wide. I would have to drop one of my other wide receivers. I have right. Diggs, Adams, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, and John yeah. Brown.
2: Uh. I actually think that's a decent deal straight up. That, like howard is the exact kind of guy I would be targeting in a flip of James Conner right now like straight up. The fact that yeah. you're also getting Allen Robinson honestly to me is just gravy. Um so to me that's really interesting. I understand what that does to you and your fir- you know the rest of your roster construction, but Holly, uh, thanks for the call. This is the exact kind of move I think I would consider uh, to try to cash would, out yeah. on James Conner right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to be able to cut somebody instead of uh, in favor of Ah, Robinson. Robinson. He's too he's too valuable to keep somebody else around. So uh, I know I think I think you might be in a bind for this week, but I'm with Dane. I think it's the type of value that you're trying to extract out of James Conner. Somebody's giving you a two for one, and they're. (laughs) They're probably hurting because of the bye week. They're trying to get somebody in under the wire. Yeah, they're giving
2: a two bears.
1: They're giving a two. Bears, I don't mind right? you hurting unless you're like one and three and you can't afford to lose this week. I think you'd be I'm okay. Saying. I think James Conner can have a good game here uh, this week. I, I think that's obviously possible that he can have a good game here. I'll tell you who they're playing next week as well. Before uh, before they, before they have the bye. Cincy come on it's Cincy. Steelers. So it's Cincy Pittsburgh's and got then Cincy. The bye.
2: Right, and then the bye, yeah. Right. So I think now is right. the time so. to sell Connor, though. He's good to have a great week, but ah, she's getting okay. two bears back because of the bye week. Listen, in two weeks, Holly's gonna love having Jordan Howard over James Connor. I think she pulls the trigger. Yeah.
1: And I don't know that it quote unquote fixes your running back, but I think long term you're better yeah. off with that two for one. Uh, Because James Conner, I think his role is going to really practically disappear once Le'Veon Bell comes back. They're going to use Le'Veon Bell the way Le'Veon Bell needs to be used. Uh, And the only thing you're holding on hope is I think you don't cut James Conner in any leagues. I think you just stash him there at the end of the bench. He's the unplayable guy. And if Bell comes back and he's not in football shape, he tweaks a hamstring and he's like, peace, guys. Uh, I'm not going to hurt myself because I'm going to be a free agent. Uh, So I'll just be over here. I saw what happened to Earl Thomas with a thigh wrap on for the rest of the year. So don't catch me on the stationary
2: bike, guys.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So uh, all right, how much time we got here? We got uh, we got a minute or two. Are you making a or survivor
2: pick? I am declaring right now, Blewett. The Patriots are my survivor pick for Week Five. I'm putting it in our spreadsheet. Scotty made one of his official picks tonight. Pats minus ten.
1: Uh, so I'm in on making a pick tonight as well. I've already did. That's your survivor IP, pick for week five. So, yes, cool. sir. Yes, sir. So there we go. As far as, as the spread, I, I don't like the ten and a half. I don't either. I'm staying away. Like the back door so, would be open uh, there.
2: I could see that very I'll easily being out. this game being 2710. And then Andrew Luck gets a last drive in garbage time to make a 2717
1: yep. final. Something like that. You throw the ball a million times. Yep. So they can just, you know, anything can happen in the fourth quarter there. Hey, Ryan Grant's running free. And then you'll text me. Right. See, Ryan Grant scored a touchdown. <laughs> Watch <you cut> him? <laughs> All that kind of stuff. So, nah, I think uh, this so is back go. to a As cover. far as, yeah, so uh, this game tonight, look, you got to keep an eye on Gronk. Wait to see if there's any news about the pitch count. And... If there's no pitch count, I think you got to roll here right there in just about every league. Uh, very rare are you going to have an embarrassment of riches that you can bench Gronk. Dana and I talked about our situation. I'm not playing yeah. Austin Safarian Jenkins unless Gronk is out, or uh, we're told that there is 20, uh, like a 20 snap count or, or less. Yeah. You know what I mean? So,
2: Blewett, I'm going to be on air for Fantasy Freestyle 7 to 8 p.m., so I will not be able to make these switches if it happens. So it's all you t- this evening, all right, brother man?
1: I'm supposed to be on with Honolulu tonight. That's not a joke, Uh, ESPN Honolulu, but I'll figure out a way to get it done. Um, The inactive should come out right around 6.30 or so, so I'll be on it. And that's it. You know, Andrew Luck throwing the ball 62 times last week with four touchdowns. I think you Andrew Luck owners are looking up simply because they're going to have to do that all year. This guy's going to put the ball up 50 times a lot, man. Yeah,
2: I agree. We'll see what Robert Turbin does in his opportunity tonight, too.
1: Sony Michelle Knight, Naeem Hines Knight, stereotype. Uh, Edelman back. Get him in your lineups. Edelman back. Nine That's targets right. tonight. Julian Edelman return. How did we forget that? We'll talk to you tomorrow on FST, folks. Good luck.